Blackhawks fans, welcome into the Four Feathers podcast. Crack them. It's happy hour. Johnny Nani here alongside my guy, Ron Luce. Looks like you got a little whiskey going there, Ron. Yeah, a little, little Monday bourbon. You know, it's the opener of the week. Everybody's struggling, whatever uh, you want to call it with a good old Monday. It felt appropriate. A little, little whiskey on the rocks here on a Monday night, Johnny. But uh, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Ron. Ron, it's been absolutely busy. You're crazy around here. Crazy around these parts. Been typing my fingers off. I know you have as well. Covering all of these Blackhawks trades that are going on. And Kyle Davidson just won't stop. Was he up to five now, I want to say? Five deals so far? Uh, if you go and date it back to last week, too. And I know Tony and I were on um, discussing when the whole Kane drama came about last Thursday. But two more have gone down since then. So I needed to bring GM Ron in, obviously, to talk about these. I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm chomping at the bit. I'm frothing. Whatever words you want to use, I'm I'm ready to talk uh, some transactions because uh, in this world of hockey, Johnny, it's what I live for. Yeah, absolutely. First one. Let's start it off with the big one today, and that is Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty going to the Toronto Maple Leafs along with a pair of fifth round picks, 2025 and 2026, from the Blackhawks to Toronto, and in return. Uh, the Blackhawks will excuse me, 2024 and 2025 on those picks going to Toronto. And then the return that the Blackhawks are getting back is a 2025 first round pick and a 2026 second round pick, along with forwards Joey Anderson and Pavel Gogolev. Um, that first round pick that the Hawks are getting back is top 10 protected, so it will slide to 2026 if that is top 10 in 2025. So, Ron, initial reaction to this trade. Yeah, I think initial reaction off the beat is uh, Kyle Davidson's busy. <laughs> I think that was truthfully the the initial reaction here, Johnny, because you you look at it around the league and you see you know all these GMs kind of starting to make moves. We were joking in our uh, Blackhawks channel today that we're not going to have any trades to talk about at Four Feathers Tank Center at this pace because everything's happening a week out from the deadline, but. I think at the trade itself, I think, you know, the trade makes sense. And I think a lot of people have been sitting here kind of from what I've seen on the old Bluebird app all afternoon, um, really just kind of bitching, Johnny, about more or less the fact that these these picks are so far away and, you know, are, are the Hawks going to, you know, do this or do that? You know, why are they wanting picks so far in the future? And Ben Pope actually shared a good, uh, a good quote from Kyle Davidson. And he actually noted, he said, look, we want to have picks kind of scattered throughout. You don't want to load up and have them all in one draft, because if that's the case, then you limit yourself because you're limiting yourself to that prospect pool and, and that opportunity. Having these picks later down the road, Johnny, there's no reason that they necessarily have to use this Toronto first round pick for themselves. It might be used for a trade by 2025. You know what I mean? Like this is them just loading up the cabinet for when things come along. It's like when your mom goes to the grocery store and she buys all this stuff and you go, why did you buy so much? But then you don't have to go grocery shopping for three weeks. Then you understand why, because you have options early in the week for week one. And then you have options even all the way into week three in your cabinet and you're covered. Right, Johnny? So I love that. that's, I love that's that. kind of the way you got to think about Perfect it. You always, you always want to keep it loaded. You don't want to blow through all of your, right, yeah. all of your, your capital. You want to blow your load too early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more or less. It's kind of the way to look at it. So ultimately, you know, I, I like the trade. I really do. I, I've seen some different breakdowns from a couple different people, uh, a couple of non Blackhawks writers from the athletic uh, read a bit about them grading the trade. And um, even from Steve Dangle, who is uh, a noted um, Toronto Maple Leafs, 
media person, I guess, for lack of a better term, content creator, whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, and everybody, everybody thinks it's a great trade for the Leafs, and I completely agree. Um, but at the same time, I think everybody kind of sees what the trade is for the Hawks at this point in time. And I think everybody's on board and says, you know what, I think both teams got good value here. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of crazy trades just in general around the league. And I know we're going to, that, that's a little foreshadowing for later in the episode. Um, but overall, Johnny, in a nutshell, uh, I'm a fan of the trade. Um, there's, there's certainly things to like about each piece that they re- got in return uh, for, you know, two of our favorites uh, in, in McCabe and Lafferty. Right. And we'll get to McCabe and Lafferty in a little bit, but just talking about the return here, I agree. And I think that's good to have some context from Kyle Davidson. I really like your analogy there, Ron. I think that was a perfect way to put it. Um, and I would, you know, uh, just say that it's, you know, the Hawks now have six first round picks in the next three years. They made three first round selections last year. Um, this prospect pool is going to be deep. Uh, hat tip to Ben Pope for kind of outlining that, just giving some context to that. So um, th- that's where your mind's got to be. You're a Blackhawks fan, man. And I got to go back and what we said on our, I want to say opening night special. I've said, we, I think I've reiterated it on numerous episodes of the four feathers podcast here. And that's, if you're worried about the Blackhawks doing a little too much winning for your liking, like they're on a five game win streak now, right? Just wait until after the deadline. And that's when the real heavy tanking will start. I said that verbatim and guess what? You lost one of your most reliable rock solid defenders. And we're going to miss Jake McCabe here um, at the four feathers podcast, watching him uh, from up in the 300 level at the UC. Um, But he was, you know, one of those players that, on such a terrible team, he still looked like a good defender. He was one of the only guys with a positive plus minus rating. I know that's not the end all be all in terms of determining a player's value, um, how good they are, but you just watch Jake McCabe and know that he's going to be out there in high pressure situations against. And Johnny, I I'm going to further back your argument here. Uh, He was a, a plus goals on ice player. He was actually on the ice for 51% of the Blackhawks goals this season. And only on for, I believe, 45% against. So, yes, you might say, oh, the plus minus and it's a flawed statistic and this, that and the other. But all the other underlying metrics from the sake of grading him as a positive defender, he is a good defender on a bad team. And that's hard to do. And that is really, really hard to do. And that is something that, you know, Toronto has really struggled with over the last couple of years is having reliable defensive minded defensemen. Obviously, Morgan Riley, a great puck mover, you know, at the top of that blue line. But they've struggled, and they lose guys like Jake Muzzin to injury and, and some of their other notable losses on the blue line as well over the last few seasons, Johnny. And we've seen that as fans from afar come back and bite them in the ass on numerous occasions. So, like you said, they get one of the most reliable defenders in the NHL on a super friendly deal, too, because the Blackhawks are eating half of his his salary for the rest of his contract, which is two years beyond this season. So uh, $2 million for a guy like Jake McCabe for the Toronto Maple Leafs is a no-brainer. And again, that's why it fetched the Blackhawks a first-round pick, albeit in 2025. Yeah, right. Exactly. And packaging them together, I think, made Toronto a little more willing to cough up that first-rounder, right? Because if you're trying to go – and Kyle, that's something Kyle Davidson even touched on, right? Because he thought about you know sending, guy, sending guys separately in different deals, see what you can get there. But they said – ultimately to get the value that they wanted for it. The package deal was the way to go. That was kind of, you know, um, not verbatim, but Kyle Davidson's gist when he he was talking to reporters following uh, the trade this morning here. Um, so let's reminisce a little bit. Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, they've been two of our favorites here, Ron, because they play the right way. They're good locker room guys. They're good teammates. Um, they brought energy 
to the team, right? Uh, I mean, Jake McCabe's a big, tough guy, good defender, obviously, but he'll go and stick up for teammates. Sam Lafferty, fast as all hell, can fly like crazy, goes on the PK, obviously. I think he's tied or was leading the league in shorthanded goals here. Um, so he, he filled a number of roles here, and that, that toothless grin, going to miss that, going to miss our edits, the TWTW, hashtag fire, passion, grit. And if you'll see, my name's changed here since there's no more Sam Lafferty. I have TWTT. You know what that means, Ron? The will to tank. There you go. <laughs> you get it. Just so we know, we didn't script that before. Ron got it. First guess there. But Ron, that, that's what we're going to be missing now because you talk about some things that made the season enjoyable, easier to watch. Mm-hmm. Two of them, two big pieces of that are now gone. Absolutely. Uh, we, we just talked about it, right? Jake McCabe obviously plays the game the right way, but I think he became so beloved by the Hawks because of his connection to Chicago pre-signing with the Blackhawks, right? He he met his wife. His wife is originally from, I believe, the North Suburbs. Uh, Obviously, he's a Wisconsin native, so still in the vicinity of the Chicagoland area, you know, enough of a stone's throw away. Um, You know, and he he made it home here in the summers when he was playing in Buffalo, and, and then he was able to make it home here at least for, you know, the last couple of seasons. And yeah, just a, a calming presence on the blue line. When he's out there, you know he's going to play responsibly uh, in terms of positioning. He makes the right play defensively more often than not. And really, I think what we saw in Chicago with him, Johnny, was a little bit of that scoring touch come up. And maybe not so much of the, oh, you know, he's he's an elite scorer, but more just that he, he understood that he could get involved more in the offensive game. And you saw a lot of those, you know, primary and secondary assists start to come because he was willing to not only move the puck, but also put shots toward the net um, that resulted in, you know, one of your favorite styles of scoring in terms of tips in front of the net um, or just, you know, deflections in general that helped create scoring chances. So I think that is certainly something with McKay. Plus he was a hard nosed guy, stood up for teammates, loved to hit. So brought that physicality to the game as well. You love to see it. And yeah, Sam Lafferty. I mean, again, just, there, there's something in Chicago as a blue collar town, Johnny, about players that just play balls to the walls in any sport, right? They're they're always appreciated more in Chicago than they probably would be in any other market for that reason. And Sam Lafferty has certainly become one of those guys. There's a reason he earned that $1.15 million, uh, you know, two-year extension um, from Kyle Davidson. Uh, you know, it was one of the first extensions that Davidson made as GM was giving Lafferty a new contract. Obviously, it worked in favor for the Hawks to move him for future assets. But this is a guy now that's going to have an opportunity to go to Toronto and play a meaningful role in their bottom six to kind of just firm up those lines below the likes of Matthews and Taveras and Marner and Nylander and, and those big, big hitters that they have atop, you know, their lineup in the in the top six. So, Two guys, again, hard nose, play the right way. you love to watch them on the ice. Balls of the walls type players. Um, they're going to be missed in Chicago, Johnny, but I, I do wish them success in the six. Um, I, I, I wish Davidson would have sent them elsewhere. They might have had more success, but mm-hmm. um, given <laughs> Toronto's runs in the playoffs in years past. But nonetheless, they're, they, they've made the Toronto Maple Leafs a better, better hockey club today, Johnny. And that brings me to my next question here is, are we kind of, maybe, sort of, rooting for the Leafs now just to see those guys have some success because they deserve it? Maybe. I mean, it, it would certainly be cool. I think of all the guys that have been moved, they're probably the most significant contributors that have been moved to this point. Um, funny fact, actually, Riley Stillman, a Blackhawk legend, I guess at this point we could call him, uh, just got moved again. Uh, he got traded to the Buffalo Sabres this afternoon. Actually, just right before we jumped on, Johnny, I saw the tweet come through. So, you know, he's now in that Eastern Conference as well. 
So really all the guys that the Hawks have moved on from to other cities outside of obviously the bigger names last year, like Kirby Doc and Alex to bring it um, are now in the East and, and on teams that are, are, kind of contending. The Buffalo Sabres are contending, contrary to what people think. If you're not paying attention to the standings on a daily basis, uh, you would quickly and easily understand that. Um, and and a great point here in our comments, Johnny, from our boy I am Skokes. Uh, also, if the Leafs beat Tampa, then the pick is better in the Brandon Hagel trade. Yes, I agree. So, yeah, maybe we are a little bit of Leafs fans. Maybe we're uh, we're putting right. on those that blue and white and, and repping the six, Johnny, and, and hoping our boys uh, have some success in, the, uh, in an extended playoff run right but my thing is jake mccabe deserves it that's something that he had actually talked about they interviewed jason dickinson um after the trades went down today and he had said that's something that jake mccabe has talked about i've been in this league long enough and you know lost enough um obviously being on the sabers when they were still in the full-fledged phase of their rebuild right um and and then he comes to chicago and it's you know thinking he's going to compete first year and then things go the opposite direction, right? With, with the management changes, with the change in direction, the philosophy, um, and obviously the right move for the organization, it, it needed to happen. However, it's unfortunate. You got to remember these guys are people too, and they're competitors, they're athletes. They want to win. And Jake Cave's a solid enough defenseman um, that, you know, like I said, we're wishing him well here. Uh, he was fun to watch. Great guy here. We, we, he got some great content out of him. The, uh, I'll never ever retire the Bush light, uh, you know, him <laughs> having the big Gatorade water bottle that we, edited in the tall boy 25 ounce bush light can uh to have there but he, he's just a good guy a good stand-up guy and i do wish him success so to answer my own question i will be rooting for the Leafs, and obviously for that draft pick thing too there but uh there's a little bit of connection there because ron when that was signed you know there, there was a seth jones signing or a trade last summer and then the subsequent signing to an extension and then that was the major talk of the town and jake mccabe kind of got clouded over after he was signed then and you and i and said that's the one to watch from that yep. summer. So we watched it. It was great to watch him for the season and a half that he was here. But you know, on to uh, hopefully competitive hockey for him. Yeah, and again, I think something to keep in mind for those listening at home and just watching these trades go down here at the deadline is assuming that the team stays intact for the most part over the next two seasons after this one. He should be playing competitive hockey for the rest of that contract that he signed. And I think that's worth mentioning here too, because he is under contract through not only next season, but the following season as well. Lafferty under through next season as well. So this was a future investment for the Maple Leafs too. This wasn't just a, we're renting these guys for this playoff run and that's it. They're here for the next year together. And then McCabe for one more year to hopefully keep Toronto competitive. Because if you look at their uh, contract situation and who is what and where, Matthews and Marner are coming up here in the next couple years. They're trying to win now with this current group that they have, knowing that they're probably going to lose one of those guys once they hit the free agent market. Yep. Good points all around. So um, that wraps up that one. Once again, uh, Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty to the Maple Leafs uh, bevy of picks exchanged in that as well. Go and check out the details on tapsportsnet.com. We've got them all listed out there. All right. On to the next one. This actually happened before this one, but not as big of a headliner. So um, we'll lead in from Sunday night. Um, Ron, Jack Johnson, another veteran defenseman here on the move, going back to the Colorado Avalanche. I know he signed as a free agent with the Blackhawks, but he won the Stanley Cup with Colorado last year. Um, he will go and return to them. Blackhawks get defenseman Andreas England in return. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, an underwhelming move. I think this trade is more giving Jack Johnson an opportunity as a veteran to 
play competitive hockey is really what it is down the stretch. Uh, the abs are contending for a playoff spot, albeit they're more on the outside looking in just because of all the injuries that they've dealt with, especially with star players this year, guys like McKinnon and so on. Um, you know, th this really is a move. And, and there was a, a quote surfacing around Twitter today, uh, Jack Johnson being interviewed uh, and regarding what happened. And people asked him, hey, did you request a trade out of Chicago? And he said, no, actually I didn't. He says, but Kyle Davidson was great communicating with me. And they said they wanted to give me this opportunity. Once the chance arose for me to return to Colorado, they, they went through with it and made it happen. And again, that's probably why a lot of people look at the return and go, who's Andreas England. He's he's a he's a tweener. He's played a lot of NHL hockey. He's played a lot of AHL hockey over the last handful of seasons. A young defenseman. You see what you have there. Maybe he's a good depth piece, if nothing else, going forward. Um, and for Jack Johnson, again, he gets to go back and play competitive hockey. It is funny, though. I want to make quick note, uh, a big shout out to my my good buddy, Zach Larson. Um, we talked earlier in the season and I told him he was like, how you feel about having Jack Johnson for a full season in the Blackhawks uniform? And I told him, I said, he'll be gone by the deadline. Somebody's going to want him. And he goes, I don't understand how anybody will want him. And I'm like, no, no, no. There will be some team that will want yeah. him to come in and yeah. be a six D man. And sure as shit, Colorado wanted him back. Never underestimate the need for veteran stable defensemen who have been there before. Never underestimate yeah. that. So that's all. Even, even if, even if sometimes they look like traffic cones on right. the ice. That that playoff yeah. experience and, and veteran leadership, like you said, Johnny, absolutely makes a difference. Right. Good good assessment by you there, GM Ron. Um, on this one with Andreas England, I guess I just, you know, looking at it, yeah, it's, you know, like you said, tweener kind of player, but he's on an expiring deal. And I find it hard to believe that the Blackhawks would bring him back, given how much young talent defensively they have in the system. So this feels quite literally like a uh just a placeholder, right? For the rest of the yeah. season. Someone's got to play minutes on the blue line. So Andreas England you're up, you know, you're not going to, you know, he wasn't getting overexposed by any means over in Colorado. Shit. He was playing uh, some AHL hockey there. So um, comes here and he'll, he'll, he'll be, uh, I want to say, did he already join uh, the team? I, I believe so. I, I thought I saw he's wearing number 28. Yeah, we're, we're so number 28. He was at, he was, he was at the uh, practice this morning out in Anaheim. So looks like we'll probably get our first look at him tonight. But once again, I wouldn't expect anything from this guy placeholder. And if they, like you said, maybe another depth and maybe a placeholder for next year too. But once again, mm -hmm. that would probably be re-signing to like a one year 850k contract, which I'm pretty sure is similar to what he's on right now. Um, so uh, oh, other than that, uh, on Jack Johnson, I've got a few thoughts around here and I want to preface this by saying I'm sure Jack Johnson's a great guy. Max Domi gave great reviews about him, guys in the locker room. Younger guys said that, you know, he's a good mentor and all of that. As a Blackhawks fan, though, I'm not in the locker room. As a Blackhawks fan, Jack Johnson never did anything <laughs> to make me like him. <laughs> it was, you know, the, the, the gift, the, so what exactly do you do here? That's what I found myself posting much of the time when he got, you know, skated around like a traffic cone out there on the ice. So if you're a big Sopranos fan like me, you'll know this reference. Hi, Jack. Bye, Jack. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and quickly to add to, to that, Johnny. Yeah. I mean, he, there wasn't a whole lot that he brought to the Hawks in terms of as a fan, right? Um, you, you needed to move on from it. You wanted to see him somewhere else. Um, that's, that's certainly one thing that you really wanted out of all of this. So in, in complete agreement with you there, Johnny, and just really quick to add to, uh, regarding the returns for the Hawks and getting England. Um, 
it allows them to keep their young defensemen in Rockford what for what will be a playoff run for the Icehawks. That is valuable experience for guys like Vlasic. Um, obviously, Phillips is currently up with the team, but but for all those other guys that are down there, having England as that warm body to play NHL minutes for the rest of this season benefits the development of guys that they're looking for toward next season. So, yeah, ultimately, you're swapping out Jack Johnson for England in this case. You're probably going to get very similar style of play from both of them. I don't expect a whole lot. Um, yeah. And you let Johnson go and he returns to Colorado where he helped them win a cup last year. So agree with you there, Johnny hijack and by Jack, because um, as a Blackhawks fan, we, we bitched and moaned about Jack Johnson all season long. So right. um, again, sure. He's a good guy, but on to greener pastures for him and, and hopefully for us as well. Yep. That's right. All right. Uh, we are on to the next segment of our show and that is called ruffle the feathers. Uh, been absent the last couple of weeks because we've had breaking news kind of in real time, uh, doing these shows, but ruffle some feathers, Ron, I'm looking at trades around the league. Obviously there's been a bevy of them. Um, it's been a busy trade season so far. It's not going to slow down anytime this week. Um, but we saw a massive deal go through last night, not involving the Blackhawks. This was between Nashville and Tampa Bay and Tanner, Janot, uh, big, heavy hitting, uh, power forward, type goes to the Tampa Bay Lightning, so I'm sure he'll fit in really well. Um, they, they do a good job using their depth lines there. However, the return that went back to Nashville was basically the whole farm because they're just not going to participate in the draft in Nashville this year, and they're just going to go uh, down on Broadway and get hammered the whole time, the Lightning front office, because I don't even have to fucking be there for all day one. So yep. in, in light of that, Ron, Go and look up all the picks that they got because I don't even know if I could list them all out here. I can't I can't remember them off the top of my head. In light of that, it's not his fault, but Kyle Davidson is not getting the value, or he's not getting enough value back in these returns. You could say, yeah, you absolutely could say, Johnny. And I'll I'll just quickly read off the returns here of what they ended up getting. So Tanner Janot goes to the Lightning, uh, 800k salary cap hit for this year. Um, in return to the Predators, though, Cal Foot, a very, very solid young defenseman. Um, obviously, I, I believe if I'm remembering correctly, he is the son of Adam Foot, the former NHL defenseman. Um, he's on his way back to Nashville, as is a 2023 third, fourth, and fifth round pick a 2024 second round pick and a 2025 first round pick that is top 10 protected um, when that time comes around. That is a hell of a return for a guy who not a shot at Tanner Janot. I got to cover Tanner Janot a little bit. I got to interview Tanner Janot. Great dude. Hard-nosed hockey player. I'm a big fan of his personally. I'm actually super fucking happy he's out of Nashville because then I can root for him a little more openly. But that's a hell of a return (laughs) for a guy that – is a middle six forward probably at best. And, and Ron, I, t- I tweeted this at you last night, but it, did the lightning front office just stop reading Tanner Janot's hockey DB page at 2021, um, 22? Cause he had a monster Thanks. season last year. He's got like 14 points this year and he's been playing the full time. It's not like he'd been injured a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it really, this trade feels like to your point, Johnny, and this was kind of my rebuttal for the the ruffling of some feathers here is that Tampa just doesn't give a rat's ass at this point about the draft for the next three seasons. And the reason for it, look at what the Blackhawks got from the Tampa Bay Lightning for Brandon Hagel. Not a shot at Brandon Hagel. Brandon Hagel has been great in Tampa. He's not far off the pace of being a point per game player for them this year. But Kyle Davidson got two first round picks for a guy that the Blackhawks signed as an undrafted free agent. 
That's right. awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, so you're saying you just got to deal with Tampa. <laughs> I, yeah, wait, apparently. Wait, wait, they're they're all drained now, so there's nothing left to pick. <laughs> you know, I, I'm telling you right now, Johnny, if I'm literally any team at this point, I'm giving Tampa a call and just being like, do you really care about your draft picks at this point? Do you, do you at all? Because if I'm you, like I'm looking right now at their current, what they have left. Listen to this, Johnny. In 2023, yeah, you'll need a crack them after this one because we use the cupboard analogy, right, of just the Blackhawks stacking up for the three weeks when mom goes to the grocery store. This is the classic case of, like, you are going hungry by, like, day four if your mom went shopping like the Tampa Bay Lightning have in terms of draft capital right now. Get this. 2023, they don't – their first pick in the 2023 draft is in the sixth round. They have their own six round pick. They got to show up for night one. No, or night. Uh, yeah, I mean, they could they could realistically, like you said, not show up for night one. Go to Tootsie's right by Bridgestone Arena right there. Get absolutely plastered. Roll in hungover as shit onto day two and still be there in plenty of time for the by the time that they pick in the <laughs> sixth round. And then they got two seventh rounders, one of which is their own, and then the Anaheim Ducks. In 2024, Johnny, they don't pick until the third round. And then they have the Hawks' fourth-round pick because of that Hagel trade, their fifth, their sixth, and their seventh. So they have one pick in each round, three through seven. And then in 2025, they have all just their own picks from rounds two to seven. They do not have a first-round pick, Johnny, until 2026. And two of those are owned by the Chicago Blackhawks. So um, that is my rebuttal to ruffling some feathers. Is Yes, maybe maybe Kyle Davidson isn't getting uh, the return that we would hope as fans that he should be getting, especially after seeing this Tanner Janot deal go through. But apparently we just needed to call Tampa the entire time and just ask them what they wanted. Because if Tanner Janot is going to get you this kind of return, I wonder if Sam Lafferty could have gotten you that kind of return from the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. If we're going to overpay for rugged forwards at this point. Yeah, I mean, like, you know? when, like, dude. All right, since we're in ruffling some feathers, maybe we, we got to have some banter here, Ron. Um, I'll counter your counter and say that this is a ploy, tinfoil hat time. This is a ploy <laughs> by Tampa, and they're going to help restock Nashville's cupboard there to make them challenge the Blackhawks in their competitive window more, since they're obviously just going to you know sell the farm uh, for what? You know, you know, who doesn't even have an extension in place, anything like that. So Predators get a nice haul, and they're going to be right there competing with the Blackhawks there. And shit, uh, maybe if they fall out of favor, I know they were kind of middling this year, but if they fall uh, to those, maybe they get some of those lottery picks in the future and supplement it with what they've gotten in returns. And then we're renewing the rivalry and thinking 2017 all over again. Yeah. And maybe, maybe this is to, to further your point, Johnny of the tinfoil hat here. Maybe this was Tampa going, damn it. We gave up way too much maybe for Brandon Hagel. Like maybe just maybe we overpaid a little bit in the moment of, because we, we identified a need and he was the best available at the time. So yeah, maybe they were like, you know what? If we're at least going to try and go be competitive here in these next three years, we're just going to stick it to the Hawks for fleecing us. And we're just going to let Nashville fleece us so they have to deal with the Predators for the next five years as well. So maybe, Johnny, maybe there was a little bit of spite because of what happened with the Brandon Hagel trade that they just allowed themselves to astronomically overpay for Tanner Janelle. 
we are deep in the weeds here of conspiracy theories <laughs> at the Forefathers <laughs> Podcast. We appreciate everybody here tuning in. Make sure you go and subscribe on Tap Sportsnet on YouTube. Jump in the comment section. We will throw uh, your comments up here on the screen. Discuss them uh, as they roll in. Also, go and like us on Facebook on Tap Sportsnet. Follow us on social media at Forefathers Pod. Um, Ron, anything else to, to ruffle the feathers here um, before we move on? We'll look at some final thoughts and what's on tap next. Yeah, to ruffle some feathers, Johnny, and I, I think this is ruffling in the sense of uh, I'm going to ruffle the feathers of all of those that are bitching and moaning that the Blackhawks didn't get enough in the McCabe-Lafferty deal. And sure, yes, the picks are – I, you know, we're all going to be four years older by the time that second-round pick comes to fruition. That 2025 first might not even end up being a Blackhawks draft pick by that time because it might be shipped off in a deal, hopefully, if the team's on their way up to being competitive by that point. But I think one of the players in this trade, Johnny, that goes a little under the radar is one Joey Anderson. And I am Scott's brought him up. He also on the way there. Wonder if he needs to be in the lineup tonight. I think he does need to be in the lineup. We need some more bodies. Yeah. (laughs) Not even just for warm bodies. I think Joey Anderson to me, when, when I look at his hockey reference page and when I look at his cap friendly page and I look at all of his stats from his playing career thus far between his time with the Devils and then with the Maple Leafs. I see a player, Johnny, like a Taylor Radish or a Boris Kachuk, where they need an opportunity to prove themselves. He's still super young. He's only 24 years old. He's been in the league for four years already. He came up as a 20-year-old with the Devils. And if you look at his numbers from his time with the Devils, he was pretty good. I mean, underwhelming maybe in terms of points numbers. He had 34 points in his – or 34 games played, pardon me, in his first season. Only seven points. But – he was a positive face-off guy, 52.9%. He did a little bit of everything. He only played about 13 minutes a night at that point, and he had an atrocious shooting percentage that year, only 8.2%. Then the following year with New Jersey, 18 games played, Johnny. Six points, which if you do that over the course of an NHL season, it's still potentially a 35- to 40-point player. As a 21-year-old, that's cool and tough. Uh, 19 shooting percentage, which is banana lands. And he was still a 50% face-off guy. So this was a guy that was playing NHL minutes at the center position and getting it done on the dot. I think that's worth mentioning. And then I think it was just a lack of opportunity in his time in Toronto. 2021, obviously, that was the shortened year. Only played in one game with the Leafs. Five games with the Leafs last season. And then this season, played in 14 games of the Leafs, only registering three points. But, Johnny, he only averaging nine and a half minutes of right. ice time. It's hard to do anything in nine and a half minutes of ice time. Go ask but Shane this, Wright. Yeah, but this is a guy, based on you look at some of his past numbers, Johnny, especially from his time in the AHL just in general over the last few years, as well as his time uh, as a University of Minnesota Duluth player, This guy knows how to score 27 points in 30 games with the AHL Marlies this season, uh, 42 and 56 a year ago, um, 34 and 44 if you go back to 1920 with the Binghamton Devils. So this is a guy that was getting it done at the AHL level and just maybe needs an opportunity. He needs to play more. And I think this is a guy that the Hawks identified in that aspect and said, you know what? He's an NHL ready player. We don't know what he is. And when you're on the, you know, hashtag TWTT, this is the type of guy that you're either going to roll the dice and he doesn't work out and it is what it is. And you get a better chance at a guy like Bedard or Fantilli, or you roll the dice and maybe you find a diamond in the rough. He's 24. He still has plenty of time to develop and he has not had a lot of playing time at the NHL level. 
They're going to give him an opportunity. He's going to get every chance to play regular minutes. So I'm ruffling feathers and saying, if Joey Anderson becomes a meaningful contributor at the NHL level for the Blackhawks, anything beyond this season, that, in my opinion, adds value to what the Blackhawks got in return, not just those two draft picks, which is obviously where everybody has their focus. All right, ruffles some feathers back right at you, Ron. Uh, he better do that because Pavel Gogolev, um, ECHL guy, not even playing with the Marlies at the AHL ECH- level. That ECHL is re- all-star re- worthy numbers, though. Re- remember when uh, the Blackhawks gave up nothing for Marc-Andre Fleury just because the contract was too big and Vegas couldn't need it? That was not, technically not nothing. If you remember, there was a low-level prospect by the name of Mikhail Hakarainen that went back uh, to Vegas in that deal, and he is now playing overseas, not even in North America, and he's probably going to finish his hockey playing career over there. I foresee that with this Gogolev kid because, like I said, he's at the ECHL level. He's already 23 years old, and he's Russian, so he'll probably go back to the K and make better money there. So probably Joey Anderson better be something. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they, they, they reported that uh Gogolev for the time being will report to Rockford. So we'll see how long that lasts because obviously there's a chance he ends up in Indianapolis for the rest of the season as well with the Indy fuel. Um, but yeah, Johnny, I think you're onto something there. That was kind of my initial thoughts when I read like a throw in just, just the deal. Done, right? across the yeah. Place. Just, just a, just another warm body. But again, I think in terms of the prospects that the Hawks were actually focused on here, I think the Joey Anderson and again, Steve Dangle, who a guy that I trust when it comes to anything Maple Leafs because they're he follows the team like we follow the Blackhawks, it, it, maybe even more so because now it's his, you know, pretty much his livelihood at this point is just to be pl- as plugged in as humanly possible. He even mentioned, he said, this was a no-brainer for the Leafs. This was a great trade for the Leafs. But he did mention that they will probably, he, he is a little upset that Joey Anderson was going in the deal. Not distraught over it by any means, but... Saw the value, yes, in what Joey Anderson brings. So, again, I think in that sense, this is a guy that I'm going to keep my eyes on for the rest of the season because, again, like we said, John, he's going to have every opportunity to play semi-meaningful minutes on a regular basis here down the stretch. Hopefully he takes advantage of it and maybe sticks around, you know, at least into next year and beyond because I believe his contract is up at the end of the year. Granted, he's an RFA, but um, just 750K. So he probably comes back at a similar number. All right, good to know. I like that. I've got one last thing here on Ruffling the Feathers, and it was when you were talking about Joey Anderson and similar types of the Blackhawks have acquired as of late, and you said Taylor Radish, Boris Kachuk type, need an opportunity. Obviously, they were buried on a good team in Tampa there. Um, You know, we've had our talks about Taylor Radish here um, and very lightly touched on Boris Kachuk. But on the subject of Boris Kachuk, I want to say, I'll ruffle some feathers of all the blue check beats that were so upset that Boris Kachuk was drawn back into the lineup in mid-January because he was scratched for eight games before. And why is this happening? Lucas Reichel needs development. Well, guess what? Boris Kachuk's been playing a lot better as of late. And one thing I said on our opening night special show, Ron, was to watch Boris the Bulldog bulldoze out there because that guy is fun to watch. And I don't care. I like a little goonery in my life sometimes. So blue check beats suck it. And you're going to have to cover Boris Kachuk. <laughs> I love it, Johnny. Incredibly well put. Yeah, I mean, again, I I think, too, with just kind of echoing what you said there about Kachuk, that's what the, the rest of the season is going to be about for the Blackhawks. It's you're trying to tank. You're trying to. Well, nobody tanks in the NHL, Johnny. Remember that as, as, as okay, old Gary. Gary. OK, yeah, as old Gary says. But with intentions of, of a good draft pick in mind, um, you still are looking for those silver linings. And I know 
we're not necessarily fans of silver linings at, at ONTAP Sportsnet. But nonetheless, you want to see some of these guys with extended opportunity now play better. And we've seen a little bit of it from Radish. I think we can all probably confidently sit here and say that Radish profiles as a true power forward. His best type season is probably 40 points, but he's a 20-goal kind of guy. That's just the type of player he's great at he digging is. out pucks, too. I just want to say Taylor Radish. I yeah. like that about his game. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think we're starting to establish the type of, of player Radish can be. And if he plays with, with some skill on a, on a set, you know, opposite wing and center position with him, he can do some damage. If Morse can shoot, can find himself as a, as a physical bulldog in that third to fourth line range and bring you a little bit of that scoring touch as a former second round pick. That's what you want to see. So we want to see more of Mr. Boris Kuchuk uh, and continuing to play better, especially because he's probably going to get a little bit of elevated time in the lineup, uh, assuming Kyle Davidson continues to be on the phones between now uh, and Friday when we'll be all together here at Four Feathers yeah. talking about the uh, the Dre deadline. Right, yeah, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about our plans for the end of this week, Ron, in, in a second here. But I, I do just have one closing thought, something that you brought up there. And I, don't th- I think it's something that may go – under the radar, and we won't know for sure the roster makeup until probably Saturday at best, right? Um, get a real good picture of what we're looking at going forward for the rest of the season here. Say Max Domi goes. Say, you know, say like I said, talked about teams being desperate for veteran demon. Say someone really gets desperate and wants Connor Murphy. You know, th- there's certain guys uh, on this team that are, I wouldn't say enforcers, but they're protectors, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to need someone like that, and guess what? Mr. Boris Kachuk can do so. Yeah. And especially too, if any of these guys that you, you prize down in Rockford as the Blackhawks, like a Lucas Reichel might get a little bit of time here down the stretch, because I believe it's after the deadline, they have to do the paper moves for them to qualify for the AHL playoffs. Inevitably the Hawks will do that with all these guys, Brett Sini, David Gust, et cetera. But they might get a little bit of extended time at the NHL level, depending on how much they value the ice hogs, you know, securing a playoff spot or not. You're going to want somebody on the roster that can protect a guy like Lucas Reichel. God forbid somebody takes a run at him in a game and and tries to, you know, potentially injure him in some capacity. So, again, yeah, it's nice to have a little tough nose uh, on your team in any facet, especially a guy who has kind of shown that he has a little bit of a scoring touch at times uh, with Boris Kachuk. Right, absolutely. All right, uh, we're winding down, getting close to the end here of Season 4, Episode 15 of the Four Feathers Podcast. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Once again, make sure you're subscribed on Tap Sportsnet on YouTube so you don't miss our shows in the future. We've got a lot of content coming up this week, Ron. Um, We've got Four Feathers Tank Center, not Trade Center, Tank Center, coming up Friday live from the basement of Tony Marchese, uh, our esteemed colleague who could not join us tonight. Um, We will be doing all sorts of content, so you're going to want to go and follow us on socials at Four Feathers Pod and at ONTAP Sportsnet um, across all platforms and obviously YouTube there, ONTAP Sportsnet as well. Um, Ron, you're kind of going to lead the charge on some of this content that's going through here. So give the listeners a little bit of preview, what, what to expect without spoiling anything too much. Yeah, Johnny, we're going to have fun with it. We're going to have fun with it. We're going to probably, there's going to be a lot of Ron Luce making fun of himself. So if anybody enjoys that, be sure to tune in. I'm already on pace to do that once this week uh, over at Cubs on Tap as I have a a Trey Mancini bet to fulfill. Um, There will be a a Mankini worn on the next Cubs on Tap show this Wednesday. Um, So we're just going to continue that trend on Friday. We're going to have fun with it. Uh, There's going to be some news reports from uh, the basement of Casa de Marchese. 
Um, there's going to be, you know, maybe some trivia videos involved of testing uh, my brain and potentially others' brains. Uh, topic and discussion on some of these guys the Blackhawks have acquired, maybe directional plans. Um, we're just going to have fun with it, Johnny. We're going to have fun with it. We're going to talk about the NHL as a whole on Tank Center Day and trade, you know, trade deadline day, but also inevitably the Blackhawks because I don't think Kyle Davidson is going to be able to move every single guy that could potentially be on the move before Friday. So let's hope that's the case. Uh, it's just more for us to talk about, more ammunition for us, but we're going to have a good time doing it and highly encourage everybody to tune in along as to just to, just to see where the creative brains of Four Feathers go on Friday when we're all in the same room. Yeah, right. I'm really looking forward to it, Ron. I don't think we've done an event like this maybe since one of the opening nights or opening days, I guess. Um, remember for that 2019-20 season when they played over in Prague, so that was kind yep. of like the middle of the day thing. I feel like it's going to kind of have that same vibe, and we you know, um, had a blast at that, and it was really fun uh, getting together with everybody in the same room. Um, I feel like the, you know, it's great to do these shows and I like streaming with you here, but the camaraderie uh, kind of builds a little bit more uh, when we're in person. So I'm um, really looking forward to it. Once again, that's four feathers tank center. We'll use hashtag tank center spelled with the Canadian spelling, of course. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, on our social. Just, once, just once quickly, yeah. just quickly, Johnny, also a reminder to the people at home, especially if you notice that we were recording tonight because of Twitter, uh, it's beautiful pictures like that one of Mr. Nani and I that come from those meetings at Casa de Marchese. So again, to your point of the camaraderie, Johnny, a lot of meme worthy moments uh, also come from that as well. We've got an endorsement here. Jim Loisiano, thank you for commenting in here. We appreciate uh, you. Uh, encourage all of our uh, listeners to do this. But he says, I was a bit distraught on the return with the Hawks Toronto trade, but I feel a little bit better after hearing your take. Time will tell. Um, once again, Jim, thanks for the comment. And GM Ron, uh, kudos to you. Because you, yeah. you outlined that, man. I just kind of listed him. <laughs> hey, I, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best to bring the people hope. Because, again, I, I, I think just a quick endorsement for one Kyle Davidson. I like what he's doing. Hockey is very much like baseball and like some of these other sports where guys don't necessarily work out right away. It's not like the NFL um, where, you know, first, second and third round picks are all making immediate impacts on your team. A lot of these guys take development. It's a lot of throwing darts at a dartboard, Johnny, and hoping a couple of them stick. The more picks you have, the more likely some of these prospects are going to develop into guys that are not only the top of the draft guys like historically Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and Brett Seabrook and Duncan Keith but also the likes of Brandon Sods and Andrew Shaw's and meaningful players that help you win Stanley Cups, Johnny, as we've seen as Blackhawks fans over the last 10 years. So I like where he's going with it. And again, he's taking shots at a dartboard. He's loading up the cabinet. We're going to have plenty of food for, for the next three years as Blackhawks fans in terms of draft capital. Let's see what happens. That's, that's all we can do is time will tell, but in order to get things right, you need to have the opportunity. And if nothing else, Kyle Davidson's giving himself the opportunity to make meaningful impact on this roster over the next couple of years via the draft. All right. Absolutely. Ron, a great summary of that. Now we're getting to what's on tap next. Uh, there's still hockey to be played. There's still hockey to be played. Uh, Blackhawks are in action late night one here on a Monday uh, out in Anaheim. And then they will go to the desert Arizona on Tuesday, 8 PM puck drop for that one out at Mullet arena. That'll be cool uh, to go and see. I think yeah, it's Blackhawks first time visiting there. So that's kind of the immediate here. And then obviously we're all kind of on pins and needles waiting on the Patrick Kane uh, trade here. So uh, last final thoughts here, let's get them in Ron and then sign off for the evening. Johnny, I am just hoping and praying that Kyle Davidson throws us a bone 
and keeps everything else for Friday. Let the Rangers need to accrue their cap until Friday to make the Kane trade happen. Well, ahead time, is Kyle Davidson trying to ruin Tank Center right now? Uh, he might be, Johnny. He legitimately might be. That was a concern of mine today, <laughs> is he's trying to ruin our fun on Friday. Um, but no, throw us a bone here, KD. Um, you know, give us Domi and Athens CU and maybe a Murphy trade and the Kane trade all on Friday. Give us something to talk about. Um, a, because we're busy here at ONTAP, uh, as most people know, if you follow Fort Feathers, all three of us here wear multiple hats here at the ONTAP Sports Network. So uh, we have other things going on this week that we need to cover, too. And uh, I don't know how many more times people want to hear us on the microphone in one week here at Fort Feathers until Friday. So uh, my my petition to Mr. Kyle Davidson, uh, keep your rest of your trades for Friday uh, so we can talk about them in person in Casa de Marchese on Friday at the trade deadline during Fort Feathers Tank Center. Thank you very much. That is All my right. closing. Yeah, we're just going to have one last little topic here, Ron, since you were not able to. I kind of expressed in real time when all of this drama was going down with Patrick Kane, but I just need to get your take. Just give me your reaction to all this news. Obviously, me and Tony were live during this. So it was a weird kind of cluster of things coming through different reports from various sources. Um, and it, now we know we, we did get a little bit more clarity. Obviously, it's not official yet. Nothing's done. However, it looks like the framework's in place for Kane to go to the Rangers, and there's some numbers to figure out in terms of where dollars are going to be allocated, but it's all but inevitable at this point. How do you feel about Patrick Kane leaving the Blackhawks? Johnny, I'm still numb. I think that's the best way to put it. Uh, Tony tweeted a, a very important picture, I think, of just – what this could potentially mean. And I know we're, we're sitting here, we're being optimistic about the Blackhawks future and kind of turning the page. And I think that's something that at least myself personally, especially as a, both a Cubs and Bears fan as well, have had to do over the last few years is that turning the page to a new era. And we're about to have to do that. I think with Blackhawks hockey. And I think that's what people need to understand at the core of it here is that, yeah, the, it's like the analogy, right? Like, the framework of the house is built. They just need to put on all the fancy bells and whistles at this point to make the trade officially happen with Patrick King going to New York um, and reuniting with the man that should have never left the Blackhawks uniform in Artemi Panarin. But as soon as Kane moves on, Johnny, and it, it, it seems very inevitable that Taves might call it career because of his health, that picture that Tony tweeted out of the five starters at the blue line before the anthem with Kane and Taves and Keith and Seabrook and Patrick Sharp. It might be coming to an end. And I, there, if it's on Friday, Johnny, when the Blackhawks inevitably trade Patrick Kane, I, I will be holding out hope through the rest of the season and into the summer that he returns. But if he signs elsewhere, there is a very good chance I will shed a few tears because – in my lifetime as a Blackhawks fan, I, I I got into hockey much later in life than than most fans. I I I started to root for the team in that kind of first season that they returned to television. It's the first year they missed the playoffs. It was the Kane and Taves rookie year. Robert Lang was still a Chicago Blackhawk. Like that was my first real kind of taste of the NHL and following religiously. You got to grow up with the Hawks. So my my entire life as a Blackhawks fan has involved 88 and 19. And I don't know if I'm ready to call it the end of an era. I really don't. And 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 88 returning would be just the last little string of that holding on, at least for dear hope, for maybe one more contract until we can send them off the proper way. 
but I, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. There, there might be legitimate tears shed as a Blackhawks fan, Johnny, when Patrick Kane inevitably departs because it's it's truly going to be an end of what was my original fandom. And yeah, we can absolutely turn it into a meme because it's probably going to be a meme worthy moment um, when when all of that that emotion and memories all come to a, a finite conclusion. And that could happen with Patrick Kane being sent to the Big Apple. Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to get your take on it. Felt like I had to. Uh, Tony and I had a clip. You can go and check it out on our YouTube or on our Twitter um, about if Patrick Kane does depart, which at the time we didn't know it was still kind of up in the air. But looking like he's going to depart, we know at trade deadline, there's no guarantee he comes back and signs because he's free game. He's an unrestricted yeah. free agent upon his contract being up. So you can go and check that out on Tap Sportsnet on YouTube for further discussion on that. Um, but yeah, the, it's kind of scary hours here uh, when it comes to Blackhawks and holding on to uh, the last bit of the core uh, that you know made I think a whole generation of fans fall in love with hockey uh, in the area here. So. Ron, we're just about out of time here on the Four Feathers podcast. It's been great getting you back on, especially GM Ron. Had to get him on for trade deadline week. So, um, Ron, it's going to be a little bit weird tonight watching the game, just knowing that who's going to be the next domino to fall. There are is Andres Athanasiu and Max Domi going to be our next scratches for trade relays or excuse me, roster, roster management. management. <laughs> just read that up. It's kind of funny, like. I, I want to say Arizona used uh, tr- uh, trade-related reasons for theirs, whereas the Blackhawks used roster management. It's roster so funny because you're finally getting some more information out of these teams, but like the the way in which they word it, you would think there'd be a standard one because remember it used to be for the longest time you didn't know anything about injuries. It was either upper body, lower body. That was, yeah, like, you'd think it'd be like one thing or the other. <laughs> yeah, you just but split the body in half for the. It's funny time. how much uh, you know the, the certain organizations are willing to disclose, but we're gonna watch it and we'll recap it all during Four Feathers Tank Center on Friday. So, once again, make sure you're following us on socials at Four Feathers Pod and at ONTAP Sportsnet. Subscribe to YouTube at ONTAP Sportsnet there as well uh, so you don't miss when we go live or post any of our shorts or extended clips there. Um, Ron, got anything else? Tinfoil hat take really quick, Johnny. Uh, Patrick Kane is a first-time UFA in his career with a trending up hometown Buffalo Sabres team. Uh, finished his career out in Buffalo as Blackhawks fans have been pining for since what 2012 when the trade rumors of trade Kane for assets first rose. Uh, that's just a little stinger to to make people think here on this Monday night, wow, Johnny. I, but that's all I, I've got. I that's some great morphing by you, Ron, because I didn't know that Jackie Redman randomly joined the show. I think she's <laughs> more times than anyone else this year. If you ever watch NHL Network, you know what I'm talking about. My God, I know exactly what you're talking about. Hey, they're trending up and. Who knows? Right. Who knows? I That's might have it. to turn that into an article it's, here. It's a possibility. Yeah, it goes back to our, uh, you know, no guarantees he comes back uh, if he leaves. But yep. we'll leave that situation for when it does finally resolve. Kyle Davidson did not have an update either on Kane or Taves today. So we're still in limbo right now. Until then, Ron, let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks, baby. <laughs>